0: Hey everybody, Producer Dave here. We're live Wednesday through Sunday on Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash Enjoy the show.
1: All the things are bad, there are no good things.
2: <laughs> I'm white, and I've got everything I need. No one clutches their presses when they're in a room alone with me. And I contrived for any neighborhood I please hour, and the police don't do a thing, so if I see a penny on the ground, I leave it alone and fucking flip it, I'm a straight white male in America, i got everything I need, I'm a guy getting paid more than a girl with a degree, I can walk down the streets after dark, no one wants to rape me And I can get a girl pregnant and just as easily flee Just like my straight white male dad did to me So if I see a penny on the ground I leave it alone and fucking flip it I'm a straight white male in America I've got all the luck I need got a pile of broken mirrors and I'm walking under ladders And I'm spilling tons of salt but to me that doesn't matter Cause my skin and my gender and my orientation Are the best things to have if you live in this nation I recommend it highly So if I see a penny on the ground I leave it alone and fucking flip it I'm a straight white male in America i got all the luck I need, shit's gonna work out for me, cause I'm a straight white male in America, I've got all the luck I
0: need. Welcome live listeners and welcome podcast listeners, this is the Intellectual Dollar Tree, this is a live show every Wednesday at 7pm Pacific, right here on Twitch, that's twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia. If you'd like to support this project, you can support us many ways, go over to Patreon, patreon.com slash echoplex. Or there's a new way to subscribe and get all the same content you would get on Patreon. You go to eplex.store and subscribe at any level, and you get the full audio and video capture of the show. Uh, Plus, you get a discount on any of the items in the swag shop if you have a membership over there. Uh, If you're a Patreon member and you're going to make the switch or whatever, just hit me up. I'll hook you up with a discount code in the meantime in case you want to buy anything. Shout out to fourth wall. They just keep giving us a better and better cool stuff to use here. And uh, live viewers, just like merch, you can give away subscriptions to this channel, just like Twitch subs, too, via FourthWall at anytime we're live. And I'm pretty sure Dave. You can find me on Grinder.
3: <laughs> I am HK Perrin. You can find me over on Mastodon at, uh, the handle is at hperrin at port87.social.
0: Hell yeah. <clears throat> well. You heard the. Uh, the laugh track right. This one. Oh. Yes. <laughs> so this is a Constantine. Kissing episode. Everyone. Um, the laugh track is the laugh track. That I took from his stand up. That he certainly didn't add in post. Even though like it sounded like it was in a giant room. And his comedy special was in a small club. Um, but he, he. I would I would never say. Oh, wait a minute. No, I'm not in the UK. I'm not subject to their libel laws. I will always say that Constantine Kisson added a laugh track to his YouTube video of his stand-up comedy because it's pretty clear that that's what the fuck he did. Does this sound like a small comedy club to you? Or does it sound like Silver Spoons or like that sounds like a laugh track from, like, a 50s sitcom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he he just went into, like, went into, like, freesound.net or whatever. It was, like, totally real-sounding <laughs> yeah. laugh track, please.
3: I need, I need a public domain laugh track. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man. That would suck if, like, he actually owns that laugh track and hit us with a copyright claim just because we stole his laugh track. <laughs> <laughs> so this week's content is uh the cosmic skeptic is supposedly debating Constantine kissin on free speech issues uh the cosmic skeptic has sort of painted himself as a more liberal or progressive uh person in the skeptic sphere i haven't paid that much attention uh to him but um I'm other people told me that this isn't great <laughs> and so that's why we're running it
3: Uh, Well, full disclosure, uh, I am a fan of Cosmic Skeptic, and I have watched this video, so I'm not seeing it for the first time.
0: Oh, well, you can, you can, um, I don't know, come back for red light. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Just don't, don't give any spoilers and, and, and react as if you've never seen it. Okay. (laughs) All right. Here is uh, Within Reason number 23. The Cosmic Skeptic with Constantine Kissin. Uh, Constantine Kissin.
1: <laughs> What's something that people who
4: grew up in the West take for granted? Safety, freedom, comfort, stability, freedom from being invaded. Every, everything that we enjoy in the West that we think is normal is actually absolutely not the norm around the world. The idea that I am entitled to demand that a German millennial provide me with money because they live in a country which did something to the country that my great-grandfather lived is the most preposterous, nonsensical idea I've ever heard. So you now have laws on the books which regulate what people are and aren't allowed to say. It is an offense in this country to be grossly offensive. It is a criminal offense.
3: I observe that society... It's always been an offense to be grossly offensive. I don't know why he thinks that's new.
0: He meant a criminal
1: offense. Yeah, it's always been a criminal offense. Welcome to Within Reason. My name is Alex O'Connor, and Within Reason is a brand new weekly philosophy podcast. I mean, it Definitely used
3: to be a criminal offense in, in the UK to be gay because well, that was considered
0: offensive, right? Right, Constantine's talking about speech though. He's probably okay with yes, the, making is. a criminal uh, offense to be gay here here in the united states you got to you got to go pretty fucking far to have your speech criminalized like you have to like be engaged in criminal conspiracy essentially here in the united states to have your speech to be have your speech criminalized but in the uk yeah it's different yeah. they don't they're, they don't have a first amendment you know what's really funny is when um sometimes you'll see uk people interviewed like a person on the street and they'll like start screaming about their first amendment
1: rights and i just think that's funny because they don't live in the united <laughs> states dedicated to bringing you long form conversations with interesting guests since within why'd you have constantine on podcast it would be a great help to me if you could go well constantine is interesting just not in a good way as well as subscribing to the audio version of the podcast my guest today is constantine kissin constantine is a satirist journalist no 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 neither of those Co host of the wildly successful Trigonometry. Okay, true. Constantine has written for publications including The Spectator and The Daily Telegraph, as well as appearing on BBC's Question Time. And recently went incredibly viral for a speech that he delivered at my alma mater on the motion that wokeness has gone too far. I am so tired of talking about woke culture. That speech at the Oxford Union. He could shut has the been fuck up. Viewed tens of yeah. millions of times across various social media platforms. I
3: mean, all these people that are tired of talking about woke culture searches, Carlton, could just shut the fuck up because it's Baldwin not actually a
1: censored. problem. And the jordan bp it's something podcast. they made up the video of that speech would be upset about in january of this year 2023 but please do note that this episode was recorded on the 8th of september 2022 that shouldn't change anything about the content of the video but if you're wondering why it is that we don't mention that viral video it's because we why'd you wait so long it? to put this, in this out this episode you can expect to hear us discuss and debate free speech Can words be harmful? And if they can, then what's the morally relevant difference between words harming a person and physical violence harming a person? Why might we be able to restrict one but not the other? We also talk about whether Constantine considers himself to be right-wing or a conservative and what that might mean in the UK, as well as whether there can be a sensible case made for reparations for historical injustices such as slavery. I really did enjoy this conversation and I hope that you do too. This is within reason, episode twenty-three, with Konstantin Kissin. Konstantin
4: Kissin, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Of course, just. Uh... Before we begin... The delay in my voice was because we we're on our set and I was like, thanks for being on, where you're here, uh, anyway, here we yeah, go. Yeah, I, oh, I remember
1: comedy. I recorded in, uh, an episode with Richard Dawkins and we did it in his living room and I t- opened it by saying something like, thanks for being here. Mm. I got absolutely rinsed in the comments. <laughs> where else is it going to be, right? Uh, before we begin, I just have a form that I want you to sign that makes sure that you're not going to say anything racist sexist yeah can't sign that i'm afraid anti-religion and anti-anti-atheist is that what it also says for for anybody who doesn't know who's listening uh you kind of shot to fame in a way you were all over mainstream news for having refused to sign a similar kind of form uh to perform at a at a university comedy night right yes and they wanted you to sign a form that said well well, that's that's why would that
3: be like why why would why would he rise to fame for refusing to sign that? Like, I don't understand why a that's surprising to anyone and B, him refusing to sign it would be, or anyone refusing to sign it would be surprising to anyone. I'm sure like a lot of people refused to sign it and just didn't go up there. Like, I don't see that. It's kind of like, you know, if, if I'm inviting you into my house, right. And I ask you to take your shoes off and you don't want to do that. I'm just going to ask you to leave. Right? I'm like, yeah, come on in. Can you take your shoes off? And you're like, oh, I actually can't. I'll be like, okay, well, sorry. It is a rule in the house to have no shoes. So, uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to have you step out.
0: Or if it's nice out, you'd be like, maybe we can hang out in the backyard for a little bit.
3: Yeah. So like I don't understand
0: why this is such a big deal. I like, just think everyone wins here cuz Constantine isn't funny. <laughs> so so they could actually get somebody funny.
1: <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> I don't think I I think like the real winners were the audience. Uh say anything that was going to be offensive to any of these groups, including anti-religion and anti-atheist, which seems a little bit broad. Um, was that sort of the beginning of sort of being in the public
4: eye for you where were you at, at it yeah so we would just started trigonometry about six months prior to that uh and we were just starting so you know that's great that he that, you know what the slight dig at him because he's uh, not he wasn't like
0: oh you were a famous comedian before this because he wasn't there's no evidence that him and non-oliver were part of any london commons comedy scene so far TV as i can tell
4: before uh, as a comedian uh, but not a huge amount, uh, and trigonometry wasn't all that big back then. So it was—it was definitely the first exposure I had to that level of attention, for sure. Do you think the the kind of
1: attention that controversy can bring uh, makes you tempted to sort of chase out controversy and, and controversial no. topics in order no. to get eyes on the, the things no. that you want to say? No, well, he, first well, of he's all, just lying.
4: I wouldn't yeah. wish on anyone he the absolutely experience does. of being in the public eye in that way even in my like, case, we watched was- a, a whole video right. of him Nine. just trying to be edgy the entire
3: time and someone kept like completely knocking down everything he was saying and he would just you know try and be edgy and like one up his own previous argument I,
0: be- I believe that was his conversation with uh chris from guru's pod Okay, I'm not sure, yeah. but I believe that that sounds, that sounds like, cause he's only talked to a very few people with whom he might like vehemently disagree.
4: <laughs> 99% positive. I would say 99% of the general public supported me turning that contract down and they they did because i think a lot of that's when i really realized i got thousands of messages from people back then because it kind of didn't really make sense it was interesting because in the comedy industry where i was coming from at the time no, there was weren't. all these conspiracy theories about like how did you get so many people to care about you know basically the story was no-name comedian turns down underpaid charity gig from two-bit college like, it's not a big story in and of itself, particularly. Right. But I think that's when I started to realize, ah, but that's actually, where he saw
3: of ordinary all people. of those dollar signs coming from the right.
0: I mean, I know how it went big, right? Like all, a lot of the big anti-wokesters probably found it and were like sharing it around. Right. Like, that's how it yeah. got. That's how it got popular. It was other people seeing it and being able to use that as an example of at the, you know, at the time or whatever, it was political correctness on college campuses have go- has gone too far
3: yeah it was his introduction to the right wing grift scene or as a as
4: a drift glass from uh, fucking, uh the professional left calls it wingnut welfare care about this not because they care about Konstantin kissing but because a lot of people feel in their own lives that they are restricted in some way in what they can and can't say they worry about you know, making the wrong joke in front of the wrong person, maybe saying something inappropriate at work or whatever that wasn't inappropriate three days ago, but now that it is, and the, no one's given them the guidebook on 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 how to conduct themselves. So
3: yep, that's it. That's it. We change the rules all the, like you and me personally. We're the arbiters of the rules, and we change them all the time.
0: So the thing is, um, <clears throat> the most famous, I guess, or the most successful comedian I know personally. Is uh, Phil Johnson uh, at the beginning of the show, like during the music that played podcast listeners, you won't have heard it because, you know, you are too stupid to come listen live. I'm sorry. I love the people (laughs) who download the podcast. I didn't mean that. But he did that song called Horizontal Tango. And he was kind of talking about it. And he's like, hey, you know, he's like, I don't want somebody to leave my show with me having hurt their feelings. He's like, he's like, I talk about race. I talk about relationships. I talk about the battle of the sexes as it might be. But he's like, I want to talk about it in a way where if someone is the target of the joke, they still think it's funny. And that was like, it's it was like, oh, yeah, of course. So you could probably find that interview with Phil Johnson on Local Love where we talked about that. He was like, this, is, this shouldn't be hard. He's like, you're supposed to be smart and funny if you're being a comedian. And. Another thing he said is he's like, I bring a guitar and people usually groan, but it turns out that I'm actually a good musician too. But that's, that's kind of beside the point. Like his response, (laughs) like, and I've, I've, we've talked about it a couple of times when we've interviewed him. He, he's always just like, why would you want to go up there and make someone sad or hurt hurt someone's feelings at your event? He's like, that's not really good marketing. (laughs) I was like, oh shit. So like, I, I would love for like one of these. Sort of one of these outlets that hosts uh, these anti woke comedians to have someone like Phil Johnson on to just kind of counter that narrative. I mean, Phil's not big enough maybe to get on some of these, but someone else who's had a you know had success as a comedian and has been you know able to tackle you know the issues of the day in a way that's funny and doesn't really take anybody's any prisoners, but also doesn't like doesn't like make people feel sad. Because the the, yeah. the point of a comedy show is to make you laugh. That's a happy thing. And I feel like
3: that is kind of hard for some people. And they gravitate towards like right-wing comedy. Like conservative comedy. Which is where like the whole joke is that you're just insulting. Like you're you're punching down. You're insulting minority groups. Usually. Yep. That's yep. the joke.
4: That's when I realized that a lot of ordinary people care about this anyway, but in terms of your question, uh, even though 99% of the feedback that I got I would say was positive, my own experience of it really wasn't all that pleasant because you're exposed to a sudden, a huge wave of criticism, number one. And fair criticism is, I don't find that difficult to deal with when people criticize what I've done and, what, and you know, engage faithfully with what I'm saying. But what I wasn't prepared for was that suddenly there were a lot of people who had no idea who I was uh, and who were deliberately, for their own agenda, misrepresenting who I am, why I did what I did, what I'd said. So like I, this shit, we always talk about this, right? The, the, actually, when
0: you're the subject of criticism or critique in society appointing yourself the arbiter of whether or not that critique is is valid or in good faith is just kind of a fucking kind of a punk move if you ask me like <laughs> uh
3: as i recall it was a a whole cottage industry
4: uh p- popped up of of criticizing me uh, so there was this um, incident, very funny, on the the Jeremy Vine show, and the, there's a I think a former, I, I, she's a, I think a columnist called Yasmin Alibi Brown, and they were having a discussion about the stories of me turning down this contract, and they went, actually, well, we've got a, a clip of Constantin doing a bit of stand-up. And she went, oh yeah, I've seen it. It's absolutely horrible. And then they played a clip of me talking about how British people have a funny attitude to foreign languages. And they all kind of went, well, that was quite funny, wasn't it? And she went, yeah, that was all right. And then, so do you see what I'm saying? So this woman had never seen any of my stand-ups. Notice she didn't you didn't know, say anyone laughed? She had no idea where I was coming from. <laughs> but because I refused to turn down a safe space contract she immediately was prepared to go on national television and essentially make up lies about me because what i'd done did not fit her narrow I
3: mean i'm, I'm sure world. he did no, it because prepared. you know he didn't feel comfortable signing that contract or something you know i or i'm sure at least that's what he would say uh but i mean he can't blame people for thinking he's doing it because he doesn't have any jokes that don't target those those things, right? Well, I mean that's what it looks like. Well, okay, so and even if that's not true, it sure looks like that and you can't blame people for thinking that.
0: So actually the the part at the end about like not talking about religion or atheist I'd probably turn it down to uh, If I was a comic because first of all as an atheist I'd like to be able to make fun of people like me, as an atheist I'd like to be able to possibly make fun of funny things about religion. I'd turn it down too. But I wouldn't then like th- I wouldn't, if a bunch of assholes turned me into a hero, I would make it pretty clear why I turned it down. Right. I would be like, no, 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 no. It wasn't the part about racism. I don't tell no racist jokes. All right. Like that shit's not funny. I don't tell no homophobic jokes, or maybe if I do, I get a bit of a pass being a a homo myself. Um, but the, the part at the end about not going after like just these, these specific belief systems or lack of a belief system is what I wasn't, what I wasn't here for. And I wasn't able to, I wasn't able to do the gig. Sorry.
3: Or, like, you know, you'd turn it down, but you'd also understand, like, I totally understand why they wanted me to sign that, and I'm not going to make a big deal about it. I'm not going to, like, blast it all over social
1: media. for that. not isn't it, isn't it quite a good thing that that, hap- that, that happens in a way, and that it gives you an opportunity to demonstrate how ridiculous some of the criticisms that you were getting
4: were? That, in an ideal world, would be the case, but you have to remember that I was not someone who had a YouTube channel with you know, and a podcast which together have, you know, 600,000 subscribers at the time. I think we had like 20,000. Right. I didn't have the access that I do to the national media now where I can, if I want to be on radio or on a TV program, I could probably make that happen. I hadn't been on Question Time. I hadn't written for any national newspaper at this point. So I did not have the access to make my argument without it being distorted and misrepresented. I had to go and Good Morning Britain and have three minutes in which another person who again had absolutely no idea about who i am why i did what i did what had happened uh as she later admitted to me you know sc- oh this is out. this oh this person admitted to me in private that she didn't know anything about like <laughs> oh, get out of here and, and trying to you know de- derail what i was saying so uh i i think challenge is good but i also think people who don't know what's happened engaging in bad faith arguments. I'm not sure that that is necessarily the right way to have these conversations. Mm. As you say, they sort of don't care about you. They don't know who you are. They Mm. haven't watched
1: your comedy. Uh, It's more like they seem to care about what you represent. Yes. Which for them, I suppose, is whatever they've been told you represent by a headline. Um, I don't think, like, like,
3: uh, I I feel like
1: his whole argument here is, uh,
3: you know how you would criticize Jordan Peterson, for doing something and like half the responses from jordan peterson fans would be oh you're taking him out of context like what do you want me to do do you want me to like watch all of the content he's ever produced read all of his books read all his articles then is that enough context i mean you and i still get told we're taking it out and taking him out of context
0: and we've been we covering were... him for like five years and not in short form either
3: yeah so like you know th- this idea that you have to completely understand someone's comedy to to judge a decision they made is unreasonable
0: and not for nothing this whole debacle as he would describe it is probably the best thing that ever happened to his career
3: oh yeah for sure
0: <laughs> like that's i would acknowledge that immediately i'd be like hey you know but you know uh, this is the best thing that ever happened to my career
4: it's whatever is convenient to them for me to represent Yes. Right? because if you want to argue with with somebody or, or with you already have a, a world view and someone is challenging an element of that world view in which in this case is the idea that comedy shouldn't be dictated to by you know faceless apparatchiks on a university campus um then that cha- well, one no, of
0: the that show was being dictated they weren't dictating the whole of comedy they were dictating what the, that's like if I went to try to get a DJ gig and the contract was like oh you have to play top 40 music and I turn it down I'm not going to be like well I'm being silenced because I play disco and breaks right <laughs> I'm gonna be like well this isn't yeah. the right gig for me because this isn't the style of music that I play
3: yeah and it's again the example is if I'm inviting you into my house I have rules in my house and if you're unwilling to follow them you're not going to be invited into my house and that's not unreasonable that is perfectly reasonable so what constantine is doing right here is he's saying it's unreasonable for this event that is taking place at the college that is being run by the college it is unreasonable for the college to have rules for this event and i just completely people i people who say words are harmful so far them. from agreeing with this i completely disagree
0: right even if the rules are absurd they're within their rights to enforce them so long as the rules aren't like no gay people because i think even yeah. i think in the uk there's rules against that too but that's
4: different yeah controlled and restricted so it's very convenient and useful to present anyone who challenges that as somehow immoral or somehow bigoted or somehow prejudiced as opposed to engaging with the actual argument which is well should we be restricting comedy is that the sort of society that yes we, we can yes live in? That's mm. a different conversation, but it's a much harder one. It's much easier to have the Constantine kissing as a Nazi, a Jewish Nazi conversation. Wait, what? Uh, because were people saying that that's to you? Easier, you just shout and scream oh. and stop someone from talking. <laughs> Did anyone that's say convenient that? Convenient <laughs> as well. Yeah,
1: you just refer to the position that you were sort of arguing against there mm. as people who think that words are harmful. Mm. Do you not believe words are harmful? Can be harmful. Do you think there's sort of a? a, a a distinct category difference in the kind of harm that can be caused by words, absolutely, and can be caused by action,
4: absolutely. Uh, uh, there is a, cat- a distinct uh, category difference between uh, physical violence.
1: Hey, Dave, lem- uh, uh, can words. we
3: pause this really quick? And I want to ask you about something. If I am a parent, right? If I'm a parent, and I provide everything physically necessary for my child, right? I provide them with clothing. I provide them with food, water, shelter. Uh, I tell them to brush their teeth all that keep them healthy but every single day right before bed i tell them that they're a worthless piece of shit and they'll never amount to anything
0: is that child abuse oh yeah that is that's child abuse but i think that they're but hold on they're not talking about like uh, uh, events for children these are events for young adults so i feel like no i understand
3: that but we all would agree that that's child abuse. I don't know of any person who wouldn't agree that that is child abuse. So this idea that words can't be harmful.
0: We all know that that's wrong. Also, there, are laws also, wrong. there are laws. Words also, there can be harmful. All right, go ahead. I'm done. Also, there are laws against incitement to violence, although in the United States, pretty uh, high bar to clear uh, and criminal conspiracy. So, yeah, I mean, we've like, we've like put the weight of the legal system behind certain kinds of speech. So even for adults, because the adult uh, criminal conspiracies usually involve adults talking to other adults. So I just don't think that like they're going to, I don't think that they're talking about the interaction between a parent and a child. And I just don't think, I'm not sure that that's the, I'm not sure that's a good like example for what they're talking about here is all i'm saying
4: it's that are hurtful uh, you cannot reduce the impact of physical violence if i smash you in the head with a brick there is no way for you to be less affected by that because the impact is physical words uh, are subjective, your experience in relation to words that people say to you are subjective. There are things that people can say to me that I would find very hurtful, but you might not at all. Because they're being people, said to you. There are things that you might say to me today that I wouldn't find hurtful, but before I did a huge amount of personal growth and personal development and worked on my psyche, which I think is very important, uh, that I would have found very difficult. So I mean, he just
3: got with- through talking about how hurt he was by a bunch of people saying words at him.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, but that's different. <laughs> it's different. He's, he's, yeah, sit- yeah. yeah. Totally different. Totally different. That's a, that's dogpile. Bad faith. It's bad faith. That's the difference. Yeah, yeah. Bad faith changes everything. I think that's what Eric says.
4: The, the idea that words are harmful is it introduces the subjective element of it, which is if I say something to you that you find offensive, well, you don't know that what, you know, what my intentions were with that. You don't know, uh, yeah, sometimes you do know how much of the harm that's caused is caused by your interpretation of what I said. If I hit you in the head with a brick, we know that the damage is done by the fact that I physically did that. So mm. that's the difference.
0: But there might be a situation in which you had no intent to hit someone with a brick, like if you were a bricklayer, right? and you're just kind of moving too fast and you end up clocking one of your coworkers in the head with a brick. I mean that's bad sure, but your intent. Like your intent doesn't matter at that. I mean at, again, I think your intent matters there because that was an accident. But there are ways in which you could accidentally strike someone with an object without intending to do it.
3: Yeah, the outcome would be the same regardless of the intent.
0: Right. And I think yeah. that's the I think that's where I'm at with the with the with like bigoted and like exclusionary and like hateful language is that I don't really care if your intent with doing it is just to like push the envelope or, you know, save comedy or whatever the fuck you think you're doing. The, the, the end result is still the same. And if it's, if it rises to a certain level, it it does in fact tend to incite violence Is this whole idea of stochastic terrorism that we've, spent a non insignificant amount of time dealing with on on not this podcast particularly but on the network more broadly it's where if you go out there and say insightful things for long enough to enough people it is inevitable that someone will act upon that even though you didn't tell them to do it specifically and you didn't even know that person or anyone really was going to do it january 6th for example
1: of course i mean we we recognize that there would be some instances in which certain forms of words would be more harmful than certain forms of physical action. Mm-hmm. You know, I could sort of flick you in the side of the head and that yeah. would probably hurt maybe a little bit, but it might not hurt as much as, you know, my mom telling me that she's disappointed in mm-hmm. me or something. So there seems to and be
3: And like also Constantine named his show after like the idea that words can hurt people. Right. Like that's that's literally what his show is named after. Like the, the cause of that. Like it, it comes from like if like it, I, I believe it comes from PTSD, right? Where certain words or certain uh, things going on, certain sounds, certain situations will trigger a a uh, flashback or trigger that the kind of mental state from that traumatic event that will cause you a great deal of harm, great deal of stress and harm and you know, it can be debilitating. His fucking show is named after that.
0: Right. The concept that you brought up, even Scientology acknowledges it, although in their own look very weird way where you go back through and like, like physically relive the uh, experience. But that's not necessarily how it works. But yeah, and it's, it's not only that. It's like the first time I saw people starting to talk about, are you triggered? Are you triggered? Are you triggered? It was the fucking men's rights activists. And so it's like out of like the MRA and like kind of Gamergate sphere. At least that's the first time I heard people like using it in like a negative way to try to suggest that somebody was being too sensitive or whatever. Prior to that, I had only ever heard it in the context of like trigger warnings. And to the extent that I was exposed to any sort of uh, discussion about like past trauma and how like your past trauma can be like churned back up by uh, event like contemporaneous events or
1: whatever, you know. But... it doesn't seem obvious to me that there's this category uh, distinction to make that physical harm is is always worse. And I wonder, is there a sort of moral question that can be raised here? Unless we believe in a a soul, unless we're religious, if Mm. if we're materialists and we think that the mind is just the brain, then to speak of psychological harm and physical harm is really to speak of the same thing, because the mind is just something physical. It's just processes going on in your mind Mm. that say, I don't like this. And of course, there's an intuitive difference between the kind of hurt that you feel from words and the kind of hurt that you feel from being hit in the arm or something. But ultimately, it's the same kind of thing going on, which is the brain reacting to stimuli and saying, I don't like this. If it's the case that my freedom to swing my fist ends at your nose just because of the physical harm that that's going to bring you about, why doesn't my freedom to, swing my language uh, and at your ears, given that it can bring about just as physical harm within within your mind. Like, What is the sort of moral difference here? Uh,
4: you're very clever, Alex, but um, I shouldn't have phrased it that way. You are very clever, and there's no but. Um, I think we all instinctively understand the difference between physical violence. Uh, I think you're very clever right here meant, yes, you are <laughs> correct, but I refuse to admit that. The impact of communication that's non-physical uh you cannot protect yourself from me punching you in the face if i'm within yeah
3: you can just like wear a like a a a fucking football helmet would protect against that or the the catcher's helmet would protect against that
0: or we had a guest on here uh frost from uh bullshito who if constantine tried to punch him i feel like uh, frost would be able to protect himself from constantine's uh, attempt to punch him right
3: and that's way cheaper than
0: years of therapy.
3: Right. Like, I think he's talking about, like, you know, if I'm going to talk about, like, all these things that are meant to trigger you, uh, you, you better go through years of therapy to defend yourself against me. And it's like, why? Why, why can't you just not do that? Um, why can't you just not be an asshole
0: and not try and, like, hurt people? So... <clears throat> And like again, with the with the punching example, there are actually like you can take self defense classes even where people would teach you how to block a punch, right? How to general effectively block a punch in most circumstances because most people aren't trained fighters. And there's really no analog for that on the on the trigger, on the like hearing like hearing something or experiencing something, experiencing content, or having people you know uh, come after you uh, verbally. There's no there's no like there's no self-defense course for that really you know
3: yeah really like i think what he's talking about is the same kind of idea of like you know how like some some people will will think you have to like toughen up your kids uh so they'll they'll make their kids do things that are unreasonable to toughen them up you know uh like your like your kid will like sprain an ankle and he'll just, he'll just be like, oh, walk it off, toughen up, walk it off.
0: Uh, that, there's a, there's some valuable, well, there's, I mean, if, if, the, if the sprain is mild, there is some valuable lesson to be learned from walk it off because if you have a mild sprain of your ankle, the best thing you can do actually is walk around on it. If you have a severe sprain of your ankle, you better not walk, you know what I mean? That's a big difference. Yeah. And there's, it, and <laughs> in the moment, you might not even know maybe you broke your ankle.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Like you could be, you could be harming someone doing that. You know, it's, it's not necessarily like Constantine is not, he is not in the mind of these other people. He doesn't know what they would need to, to sort of not be, uh, like harmed by, by his language. So the idea that he's saying like, oh, anyone can protect themselves against anything I say, it's just
0: wrong. It's, Demonstrably wrong And not for nothing the content that we Found most objectionable on the Trigonometry show comes from their guests You know what I mean Constantine isn't the One like if they have Doug Murray on there Douglas Murray on there Constantine isn't the one throwing out That great replacement shit it's his guest Constantine and non Oliver are just sitting there Nodding along like a fucking bobblehead
3: Yeah but Constantine Has his own like Views that are uh, Extremely harmful Like, he is vehemently anti-trans.
0: Yes. And we can infer that from his own words, but even more so from his guests and the people he has on and does not challenge in any meaningful way.
3: I believe he has said so.
0: Right, but we can infer it also from his guests (laughs) who he has on who say those, and he does not challenge them in any sort of meaningful way.
4: Yep. Uh, And you cannot, unless you, you know, take painkillers in advance of me punching you in the face you cannot have that experience
0: sir i'm not trained and i feel like i could prevent you from punching me in the face
4: any different whereas words
3: uh, or even if you know careful, you didn't you you could probably take a punch
0: from him just fine
4: well who knows maybe he is trained one of the most important things for a human being for me is to learn to process words uh without having an instinctive emotional reaction that is harmful to you. Um, Wait, no, that's blaming the yeah, victim. I mean,
1: I think uh, it's, 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 it's an analogy that can be pushed because of course there, there are people who sort of condition their shins so that they can be whacked a bunch of times and it just doesn't yeah. hurt. I mean, for me, I think that maybe the distinction lies in the utility of restricting it. I, I don't know about your views that's on this, true. but people who are pro-free speech, free speech activists, however you want to describe them, I think are often caricatured, although maybe some think this, as saying that if we allow people to say what they want, when they want, with no restriction, we'll live in some kind of utopia where disinformation disappears and everybody gets to the truth mm. and, you know, reason prevails. I think that's, that's facile. That's, that's a ridiculous idea. Of course there's still going to be disinformation. Of course people are going to be getting hurt and insulted and there's going to be libel and slander. My position is just that, it is, to, is to trip over myself to recognize that, yes, free speech comes at a cost. That's why it's so valuable. And if it was just this wonderful thing that brought about obvious benefits, then everybody would, but, but it would mm. be trivially in favor of it. It has to come at some cost. And the cost yeah. is that it is gonna cause this harm. But that restricting freedom of speech, at least you know excessively, is almost always going to be worse. In a way that may, maybe physical harm isn't. You can say, yes, physical harm is really bad, but I don't think you can say similarly something like restricting physical harm will end up being worse unless you worry that the government's well, going to away. And certain- that's where
4: we come back to the fact that we all instinctively understand the difference between the harm that words do and the harm that physical actions do. That's why we don't we don't ever have the conversation of, well, maybe we should allow people to, to punch each other because that, that would... But know, that's not true. Like- when the cops
0: come and break up a fight at a bar, oftentimes they don't arrest anyone because it's not <laughs> in the public interest to arrest either of these people because they just got in a bar fight.
3: Yeah. That's true. (laughs) And I don't want, also again, like we would all agree that you can abuse someone just verbally. Like you can, you can abuse like a significant other verbally. You can abuse a child verbally. You can abuse a stranger verbally. And that is abuse. We do recognize that as abuse and harm.
0: And if you have a big enough megaphone, like what you do can cause like societal harm maybe that you didn't even contemplate like you personally and you don't know you don't know Ugh, this is all this is all this is all crazy talk <coughs> um cosmic skeptics doing a little better job here but i like i don't know i i wish one the only like the only i wish one of these people would bring up the point you brought up and like like if okay if this is your position why is your show called trigonometry yeah like if you're so thoughtful about this, why the fuck did you name your show that? <laughs> I, I mean, that's that's the like the sort of like the that's where the rubber meets the road here is the name of his show.
4: Adolf's offs with that that yeah. we really want. Um, I think that's also, and it's very obviously well. the We're goal of his to show too is just to be
0: controversial. I mean, I don't want to I don't want to shit on somebody for that. I mean, that's one of the one of the goals here on this show too, right? We're not. We're not a philosophy podcast. You know what I'm saying? Like we're not.
3: I feel like we, we aren't going out of our way to, to only talk about like controversial things.
0: I think this show is the one that does that almost exclusively.
3: We cover other people doing that. Yeah. But in in a way that is controversial, I feel like we don't make a lot of controversial statements.
0: Nobody ever, I've told you this a hundred times when somebody, when somebody doesn't like what we're doing, doesn't like what we've had to say, they don't tell you.
3: Yeah. I guess other people would find it controversial, but I, I would like to think that everything that we say is backed up by evidence. I'm sure that's not true, but you know, that's
0: the intention, the goal. So, just I just want to remind you again that any of the I won't call it hate or whatever, I don't want to be like overly dramatic, but any of the harsh criticism about this show is not going to you, it's going to me. And I choose not to share it with you because I don't care. And usually, like, whoever it is ends up blocking me in the end because
4: (laughs) violence, you don't necessarily have to regulate language in the same way because, as you say, the negative trade offs are very, very bad. If you look at societies that restrict people. It's heavily in terms of the comedy the satire the the their ability to express and share and I- debate ideas those are generally not the societies that anybody watching or listening yeah
0: that's the problem in saudi arabia is they've restricted comedy <laughs> <laughs> right that's <laughs> yep i mean you're not sure you're not allowed to maybe tell jokes about the fucking about the, about the government leadership or whatever, but that's not actually the problem in Saudi Arabia. Or if it is, it's not very. It's it's down it's down the list away. Is right. <laughs>
3: yep.
0: <laughs> What's the opposite of hitting a nail on a head? It's like hitting yourself, hitting your thumb with the hammer. <laughs> this guy just you, hit his you,
3: th- you hit the nail on the pointy side. No, you hit your thumb with the
0: hammer. I'm telling you, that's, that's the uh, opposite. Yeah. <laughs> hitting the nail
4: on the head is the, uh,
0: the exact opposite outcome. The worst possible outcome. That maybe your pinky finger, probably a little more sensitive,
4: would want to live in, and yes. that, that's a kind of parallel so uh, I, I'm not someone who philosophizes too much about these things. I think uh, there's a lot of wisdom in uh, empiricism and observing what is true across different societies. And that's kind of one of the things I'm talking about in the book, which yes, you're holding up, which is, I haven't waved I, I, around yet. This, this, wasn't, this wasn't an attempt to plug it. I'm just trying to say that of uh, my attitude to, to many things is not based, I don't have as much face, faith in philosophy as I think a lot of people do. I, I'm interested in what works and what doesn't work. And my opposition to restrictions of speech is not based on some- That is a philosophy. I believe that's- concept the philosophy of utilitarianism. Except, It's just, I observe that societies that allow people to speak freely are better than societies that don't.
1: In the book you describe the suppression of free speech as a symptom of tyranny. Mm. Um, do you think it is just a symptom, or also a cause, or is it more one or the other? If you see the suppression of free speech, do you think that's more likely the result of tyranny or the cause of tyranny?
4: Hmm. I think it's more of a symptom. I don't see it as a cause because I think by the time people are restricting your speech, they already have their hands on the levers of power. Um, so you know, I don't. I, but your first example was a co- something you called
1: a two-bit college.
4: When you say as a cause, what
1: do you mean? Well, uh, I imagine sort of the the restriction of free speech is often. Uh, put forward as a way in which a tyrant can come to power. By restricting free speech, by controlling the press, they're able to put out an image of themselves that goes unchallenged. But they have to be in power power. first, right? Uh, Yes, but there are of course sort of unofficial uh, forms of power that can be used to restrict free speech, as it were, um, such as sort of the cultural force Mm. of cancel culture Mm. or something like this. Mm. You can see this as the, the, the mob that's often described. Uh, as being this uh, horrendous gang of, of cancelers, they don't have any official power. They're not in power. But uh, people fear that the result of their kind of suppression of free exchange of ideas is going to lead to a tyrannical system. that everybody-
0: Except that that's not the, <clears throat> them clapping back at you and telling you to go fuck yourself or whatever the hell is going on. Isn't the suppression of the marketplace of ideas? That's just the part of the marketplace you don't like. It's like, again, I've quoted this so many times on this show. It's like, remember when Kara Swisher told Sam Harris, she's like, if you all want to be loud in the courtyard, but you don't want anybody to talk back, like, what is that? I I don't remember exactly her words, but it was, you know, that was the, 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 the payload of what she was saying. And Sam didn't like that very much at all. (laughs) It's, it's this, this idea that like you get to say your say, and then if a bunch of people think that you can go fuck yourself now, that's a mob. I thought a mob was like in the street or something <laughs> like I thought a mo- it's not like a bunch of people on Twitter telling you to go fuck yourself and then pointing out you put a laugh track in your uh, in your comedy routine and then you blocking them. That's not a mob. <laughs> that's the marketplace of ideas.
3: Yeah, ter- turns out they don't like the marketplace of ideas. <laughs>
0: And nobody likes to be, nobody likes to be like shit on online by like a big group of people or whatever. But he was just, he was saying a little bit ago that when, like when this happened to him, that 99% of what he was getting was positive, positive reinforcement. So like 99 to one is a good fucking ratio. You should be happy. I guess it depends on the kind of people giving you that positive reinforcement, but this is all, this is all like smoke and mirrors for something else. I think. I think this is all this is all smoke and mirrors for I talk and you shut up. Yep. And if that's what they want, they should
1: just say that. But he wants to avoid.
4: No, I I think the system that exists where if enough people get outraged about something you said, they can get you sacked from your job. That is power and that is tyranny. Mm. Uh, that is, so it's not a cause, it's a symptom. of
3: That is tyranny. That the people who have... I'm sorry, that is tyranny.
0: I'm also like, <clears throat> like I would love an example. When they do this, it's like, what's the example? Because I swear to you, somebody right now is getting fired from their job at Old Navy because they didn't fucking fold the pants right. You know what I'm saying? Like, like people who work in customer service are subject to the most insidious version of cancel culture that you could think of, right? Like if you don't smile enough if you're working as a host at a restaurant, you might get fired because people think you're dour or whatever. And like what like we don't ever hear about that. So so let's say
3: for the sake of an example, you work at Google. You're an engineer at Google, right? And you blast off some memo about how women turns out aren't good engineers shouldn't even be here and are especially not good managers definitely shouldn't be here doing that either and all of a sudden a bunch of people go wow this guy that works at google is a piece of shit didn't know google hired pieces of shit like that and google goes oh shit this is a really bad look hey get the fuck out that's tyranny that's tyranny dave that's tyranny right and maybe we he not talk- even
0: live in a free society anymore. And this was this is a special case because it was done on their internal network because that guy's a genius, right? He thought it would be a genius thing to put this on the internal network instead of like I don't know, medium, like his own personal blog, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. But hey, he- everyone else who works here, let me tell you how shitty I am. <laughs> and then it it got out to the public because of course something like that's going to get out into the public. And then the public outcry. I mean, there was probably an internal outcry from uh, probably everybody actually, <laughs> like but yeah but and that's like the clearest example yeah that guy should get fired or yeah if or if you're if you're that guy what if you're that guy and you're just going around on twitter telling other female engineers other women women who are engineers or just people who don't identify as men that are engineers black engineers that they're low iq and shouldn't be engineers and you get like kind of internet famous for that and then your employer fucking cans you like well you didn't have to go out there and get internet famous for this thing you're doing out there. Right? Like one, they act like one offhand comment that you make that was kind of stupid is going to get you fired. And that's usually not how this works. This usually happens to people who start to become internet famous for being a giant piece of shit. And then their plot, their own ability to reach the masses or whatever gets big enough that people notice it. Maybe their boss sees it. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then the boss comes in, you go, hey, I have to have a meeting with you. Um, there's a clause in our contract about ethics and your behavior. We usually don't like to police the, what people do outside of work, but, you, you, you know, pack, pack your things. We're going to give you a severance yeah. package, and you're going to go away. All right? <laughs> like yeah. you, you have you have the word Google. It, you have Google engineer in your profile on Twitter, and you're going around doing this. We can't have you here. You can't do that. Don't yep. you know how to get a fake <laughs> account? You absolute idiot. Get out of here. <laughs> Like, yeah, there's like, they want, they want this, they literally want this world where you get to go out there and say your say, and nobody gets to fucking do anything in response at all. No, they don't even want that. They want, they
3: want to have people that agree with them say their say, but if you are, you know, us, let's say, for example, you're a teacher and you're gay. They don't want you to be able to tell the kids that.
0: They certainly don't want you making TikTok videos about your classroom.
3: If you tell the kids, "Hey kids, how was your weekend? Mine was great. I had a date with my husband. It was very nice. We went and see, saw a movie. It was absolutely wonderful." They want you fired for that.
0: I would. I don't know. For example, if Constantine, if he was asked if he would uh, make, he would agree with that, but. If he had a guest on who was like a prominent um, anti-wokester who said something along those lines, I feel like him and non-Oliver would just nod along like the fucking bobbleheads they are. Probably. And to me, I don't think there's any difference, actually, right? Because the outcome is the same. Their audience, their rather large audience, was exposed to this, and they gave it their seal of approval. So the difference between their guest saying something and them not pushing back and them saying it themselves is almost nothing. It's as close to no difference as you can get. And again, like when he talked to Chris from decoding the gurus, Chris kept bringing up, oh, you had this guest on that said this and Constantine's like, well, I'm not, you know, they're not here and I'm here to talk about my views. And it was like a real, real good sleight of hand, real good sleight of hand, but Chris wasn't having
4: it. He was like, these are your guests. What do you mean? have what you don't want to if you don't want to call that them being in power, which I understand they're not elected. But there's no they, they have power. They have power. If if I can get you fired from your job, I have power over you. This is probably one of the biggest mistakes that people make in terms of their confidence
1: in political systems or societies is that they think that power only essentially exists in government. And this is how you end up with tech monopolies and this is how you end up with with cultural cultural fatwas is by thinking that power is just that, which is cultural fatwa. Paper somewhere. Like,
0: what do you mean a cultural fatwa? Does he mean people talking shit to you on Twitter? Like,
3: I'm not sure what he means. And not just, the, I think he might be talking it. about something
1: like the satanic panic.
0: Yeah. Which is happening now to it's trans
1: people. Yep. And yep. that's why the free speech thing can be quite, can be quite tricky because it's quite obvious to people that, at least to people who are vaguely liberal, that the government being able to restrict free speech is at least a touchy subject. I would say it's, it's, a, it's an untouchable subject. It's something that the government shouldn't, shouldn't really be able to approach. Uh, but when it comes to things like tech companies and their ability to, to silence whoever they like, like what recently happened with, uh, with this Andrew Tate guy suddenly drops off the map because oh
0: that's right this is before andrew tate got arrested for fucking the exact things that everybody said he was doing and the exact reasons they (laughs) kicked him off of the fucking platforms they didn't kick him off because he was like uh like giving men a good like a good manly talk they kicked him off because it appeared to them that he was engaged in he was using their services to recruit people into his weird fucking exploitative cam business
1: that's why he was kicked off of the platforms Silicon Valley decides that they don't want him there anymore. Do you think we need to see the same kind of restrictions on tech companies such as this as we do in the government? I mean the government couldn't come along and say that Andrew Tate isn't allowed to stand on a soapbox
4: Hmm. in a public park. Well actually that's not true. That's not necessarily true because this is what I was going to take. We'll come back to the big tech in a second but um if you look at what's happening with policing in this country for example i don't know if you followed the recent case there was a veteran uh somewhere in england who shared a meme on his facebook uh which was very offensive to somebody who reported him and the police came round to basically they they offered him to either notice how quick they scrolled down there watch this
0: pride flag swastika meme Listen, I don't think it should be illegal, but in the UK, they have laws about this stuff. You cannot post fucking swastikas like, and in Germany, oh no, you know what I mean? Don't do that shit in Germany, dude. This guy's lucky he was in the UK and not Germany.
4: Hmm. To basically, they they offered him to either pay a fine and go on a re-education course. In Britain, in the 21st century, a re-education or, course uh, to have his you would be re-educated hate incident. Uh, I think that meme, <laughs> what he means something. by re-education
3: course is someone sitting there saying, "Hey, so you really shouldn't shit all over minorities. It's a really bad look." Or what you shouldn't if, do that.
0: What if it was? What if it was therapy? What if they were offering him like mental health services and it wasn't like some sort of class, right? What if they were like, Hey, pay the spine and we're going to, you're going to, we're going to make, we're going to make you see a therapist about this because this kind of behavior is you know, bad. Again, I don't think that should be illegal. I disagree with the law. Um, I think the platform should take that shit down. And I think that's, yeah, that's sort of like where I'm at on this stuff. I, I don't think the government should go around micromanaging everybody's speech like that seems like a problem, but I think the platform should take it down. I but the law is like the social contract is the social contract and the UK is not a fucking tyrannical state and so he's clearly a sympathetic figure, an old older guy, a veteran. I bet he could have got the fine reduced if he was like, oh, you know, I fucking was drinking and, you know, I, you're right, I, you know, I shouldn't have done that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this, this could have been a big old nothing.
4: Now I'm just an old-fashioned white supremacist. <laughs> to a crime and for him to be prosecuted for it. And he was forcibly arrested, as was Harry Miller, who was there, uh, who we had on the show. And the problem you've got is... Um, when we talk about power, if you look at the way that the police apply the law, so you now have laws on the books which regulate what people are and aren't allowed to say. It is an offense in this country to be grossly offensive. It is a criminal offense or a non-hate crime incident or non-crime hate incident, whatever it is, right? And the police are then enforcing that. Wait,
0: did you just call it a non-crime hate incident? Well, then it's not a crime if it's called a non-crime hate incident. Or maybe maybe it's not like here maybe it's like a misdemeanor versus a felony i don't know enough about the law in the uk and how it's all structured so maybe when they say non crime they might mean the difference between like maybe an infraction and a misdemeanor i don't know
3: so i think that he's talking about like decency laws uh which those exist here too and i don't think anyone is really opposed to them so for example if i Go out and stand on the corner of a street, and I just start shouting obscenities at everyone that walks by. Right? I could be arrested for
0: that uh, I, for I think, disturbing the peace. Yeah, you'd be a. <clears throat> yeah, that's the thing is like, and I don't even like disturbing the peace laws because they are you know generally applied to who they need to be applied to. <clears throat> but yeah, we have all like this is stupid. This is all really dumb. <clears throat> the I and I I just don't. I don't know. Like I said, that guy shouldn't have been arrested, but I don't, I don't think he's a martyr either. Like there's room between those two. Like I, right. This person should be arrested versus they're a martyr. There's, there's room between those two points of view (laughs) to have like varying points of view and a nuance. And I would even say a middle of the road take on it.
4: Who is it that has created a situation where we have a law against being grossly offensive? Well, you could say it's the MPs, the MPs, they are the people who voted to pass this piece of legislation. But MPs themselves, I don't think, came up with this idea. It wasn't them that pushed through the idea that we should restrict what people are and are allowed to say, or who encouraged the College of Policing to give guidance to their police officers that they should arrest people for this. Yes, it's called representative
0: democracy, uh, <clears throat> Constantine. Yes, they, are,
4: they probably take the ideas from somewhere else they say so whoever is advocated for that to happen is the person in power because the MPs and people in the House of Lords and people in the in in the policing structures they've got absolutely no idea what's going on they are just going well look we have spent you know God knows how many decades being all white all male uh, all privileged and whatever and we've got to be better right our grandchildren are telling us we've got to do better on this And so it is them, the younger generations with some of these views that are pushing through this ideology. And that's how you get Stonewall being advising the government on how to manage things and whatever. So power isn't about... Yeah, that's the problem is the 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 younger generation has too much power. (laughs) MP after the name. Power is about who can stop you from doing what you want. Who can make you do things you don't want to do. So that's like your boss,
0: um, if you'd like to keep your job. Your landlord, if you'd like to keep your place,
3: the HOA,
0: the home. Oh my God, the homeowners association. I actually agree that yeah. that shit's tyrannical. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's, this guy, yep. this this guy or his wife are probably in the homeowners association in their community, though, right? Yeah, like too many pride flags. Take them down,
4: and whoever that is, whether they have a title or not, that's the people who have power. Now, big tech is a difficult conversation because. Um, The new technology has changed the communication environment entirely. And what you have with big tech is a problem of scale, where you've gone from you and I, we had a conversation, I called you a dick, that caused you some harm, you got over it, everybody moved on, to I went on Twitter and said something, or posted a clip of something and before you know it thousands of people are burning down that's his idea of like
3: what it means to harm someone with speech hold on it's just like
4: hold on calling someone a dick and said something or posted a clip of something and before you know it thousands of people are burning down 5g masks around the country so the, the the amplification of communication changes the nature of the communication um and so i i don't think you're ever going to get to a position where you have unrestricted speech on the internet in its entirety but i think you know that's a difficult problem to solve actually it's a much more difficult problem to solve than i think a lot of what you called free speech activists would like to present it as it's a difficult problem we're living through a gigantic technological revolution, no one really knows what to do about it just yet. Mm. I, I mean, I, I imagine it's as revolutionary, if
1: not more, as the formation of the first human governments. Yeah, You can imagine it's about 20, 30 years after human beings have figured out that, well, if we say that this person is in charge and these people do these various things and we start sort of taxonomizing the tasks mm. and you invent this thing called government. And 20 years later, people are beginning to realize, well, you know what, I don't really like how this guy at the top can like make me shut up if he wants me to, because mm. he's sort of in charge of the police. And so over hundreds, thousands of years, this government machine evolves slowly and you get your Magna Carta's and you get your wars and you get your revolutions mm. and eventually sort of evolves into a position where we recognize this thing called government that we've invented is actually a very special kind of thing mm. that needs to have very particular restrictions. Mm. I feel like the social media empires that exist right now are very analogous to this. We're sort of 20 years in, and we see it as just this thing you do on your computer or phone. But everybody knows it's much bigger than that. Mm. And so, I, I think in the way that we treat government as being special, there's like special things about the government. It has special controls, special monopoly on power, this kind of thing. Well, it doesn't anymore. It doesn't. It doesn't have a monopoly. It never on, did. A monopoly over the police and the army, but it doesn't have a monopoly on power. And it never did. Social media is surely going to need similar kinds of restrictions. What we do in terms of speech is quite important here. Would you consider yourself a free speech absolutist? No. What kind he's, of... He's like, I don't like it when people make fun of me.
3: <laughs> well, I I think... I think he's, he's made uh, an almost good point here. Um... I don't agree with him that, like, big tech companies are analogous to the government. They're not. Uh, but I think they're more analogous to, like, say, like a water company, maybe. Sure.
0: I don't want to like, get into this. I don't want to get, get bogged live, down in but... the idea that these are public utilities, because you and I don't agree on this, and I don't want to get bogged down in this. Okay. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but so... We there's there are countries that I think like Meta is more powerful than on the world stage, but it ain't the United States or the United Kingdom, right? It ain't okay. Like <clears throat> there are there are small countries that Facebook or Meta or whatever yeah. is more powerful than on the world stage. I think. Um, yeah, for sure. But it's it's not the country these two are from. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> you know what I'm saying. What restrictions? Do you think are appropriate to to place on free speech?
4: libel laws, uh, slander, laws around uh, defamation. I think that the UK's are, libel laws are crazy. He's right. Different in different countries. And I think in the UK, they're perhaps a little bit excessive, but I do think they're necessary.
1: This, this is a fascinating subject for me. You, you wrote, I, I picked out a quote. Well, you quoted uh, Brendan O'Neill, mm. who said, there is such a thing as incitement to violence, which is not a free speech issue, but a criminal offense. And mm. you described this as compelling. It seems to me that what, what Brendan and O'Neill is saying in the whole quote there is, you know, I'm very pro-free speech, I'm free speech absolutist almost. But there is this other thing called incitement to violence, but that's not free speech. That's a, that's a criminal offence. But that seems to me to beg the question, that seems totally arbitrary. It sounds like somebody saying, you know, well, yeah, I'm a free speech absolutist, but there's this thing called hate speech. That's not That's not a free speech issue, that's a criminal offence issue. That's something that you sort of invent and put the border around yourself. So when it comes to something like libel or copyright laws, let's say, which you know, any free speech absolutist would be very hard-pressed not to believe in at least copyright laws. But the question is why? Why do we have this restriction? Why is it? Like for what reason? It might seem like a silly question, but I think it's worth reflecting on. Why can't I just type out an immigrant's love letter to the West available on Amazon.com, <laughs> and find bookshops everywhere. Um,
4: And just sort of printed on my blog because it would be very hard for you to sell yourself as a Russian (laughs) (laughs) among other things yes but morally yeah why not Uh, well what's the problem I think libel laws are a more interesting example for me because uh, I think in in that sense uh, our libel laws are probably going to change to some extent as well because I imagine they were created to deal with the power disparity between someone with a huge platform like a national newspaper yes. an ordinary person who doesn't have that nowadays the balance is shifting all over the place because the newspapers are dying and social media allows even an ordinary person me you anybody mm-hmm. to express themselves and at least have the chance of that that counter argument to whatever whatever's been said to them on in a national newspaper to be challenged but generally speaking the idea that somebody can go on a massive platform and just tell absolute lies about you with no repercussions seems a bit odd to me. But why? Because it, da- well, because it's damaging to the reputation of that person. It might be damaging to their business. It might uh, bring yeah. physical consequences, very significant physical consequences. Should- wait
0: a minute. Wait a minute. No, no, no. Now he's arguing against his own point. Right. But he's, <clears throat> he's, he's, <laughs> He's arguing against, he's saying, oh, you could get fired from your job. There's uh, the consequences. So, like if you go out and say something stupid or whatever. And it's like, well, but that's the same thing he's talking. It's just that the car is going the other way, but it's not like a, it's not that it isn't a car. That there are, there are financial and reputational consequences to speech. It's just like, if I go and say this about someone else. And it's untrue and whatever, and you can meet the requirements for libel or slander. Well, that's, I'm going to have consequences for that. But if I go out there and say some things about maybe a large group of people and then I lose my job, like how's how are those two things any different?
3: He's also, he's going against like the thing that he first said where, you know, he said speech can't hurt you, right? That was what he said. And now he's saying, well, speech can damage your reputation. It can damage your your uh, your finances. And it's like, how is that not hurting you?
0: I think the, the the thing here, and we don't talk about this enough, is he's... he. It's the money, Lebowski. It's capitalism, right? He doesn't... He thinks the speech that hurts your ability to, to acquire capital and multiply your capital should be um like criminalized that's what he's saying that's why copyright and uh libel and slander that's what he's talking about here defamation or whatever but yep but he doesn't think that the same sets of he thinks if it isn't like directly impacting a specific person's ability to make money that we shouldn't care
3: yeah, if instead of damaging your financial well-being, it's damaging your mental well-being.
0: Or even not you specifically, but you can see how it would like be detrimental to the well-being of others um on a like a more on a more like um on a more meta scale like over time if it keeps being uh like repeated on for example Twitter. Like you don't have to necessarily be the target to understand what the fuck's going on. Yeah. Oh, that that, he he just gave it away right there. It's the money Lebowski. He's like, does it hurt my money? Well, then I don't care. Well, that's fine (laughs) because you run a show called trigonometry and you're not the target of the current uh, the current moral panic. Although he looks a little olive skin there. So there might have been a different time where he would have been the target of a moral panic, right?
3: Yeah, I wonder if he would feel differently.
4: This is exactly the same. I'm not talking about they're going to experience a bit of anxiety because someone made a joke at their expense. I'm talking about the fact that if a national newspaper prints that you're a pedophile with no evidence, you're going to have your life ruined permanently. This is a difference in... in uh,
3: oh, now, now he's saying uh, the level of damage is what, is what really matters.
0: He's like what what you have to what you can't do is print in the newspaper that Constantine is a child abuser but it's actually totally fine and you should never be kicked off of Twitter or Facebook if you're part of an organized and well-funded propaganda campaign to say that queer people are all uh, child abusers actually. Yep. That is what he's saying. And if enough people believe that queer people are child abusers, it's actually going to start to hurt queer people's bottom lines, right? Uh, It will
3: start to hurt their lives. Yes. Uh, And their bottom line. Let's just keep it. Let's just keep it. Let's just keep
0: it in the thing that Constantine is saying is important, right? You would be less likely to get a job or less likely to get a promotion if the over like the overarching belief about who who you are or the group that you're a part of through, you know, through I was going to say no fault of your own, but through no choice of your own. Those people are child abusers. I mean, unless you're a member of NAMBLA, like you're like, a, you know, unless it's found out that you're donating money to like Nambla or something like that, <clears throat> then, yeah, actually, eventually, if the, the view becomes widespread enough, you might not get hired for a job and that is going to hurt your financial well-being. So even if we take it on on the terms that he has brought up before, it's yeah, still would that would the libel laws apply to that? But, no, because it, that's the thing is it's a group, right? <laughs> so can you do a class action i don't know they should should try that their libel laws in the uk are pretty fucking crazy they should every (laughs) queer person in the uk should do a class action against constantine (laughs) and and everybody that's
1: ever been on trigonometry this is a difference in in uh what's the word not kind but um scale scale or, or intensity right which is that what you're saying is something like what it seems to me that you're saying I don't want to Kathy Newman. You sounds like you're saying don't want to. Oh, he's talking
0: about the interview with fucking Jordy Pete and Kathy Newman. What's this guy? This guy's trying to make that fucking pivot. I think this guy's trying to pivot into this fucking heterodox fucking
1: IDW space. That's the that's the the take mm. I get here. I, I I like free speech, but I'm okay with this restriction on libel because if somebody is libelous, then you've got an example of somebody saying something which is really quite significantly harmful. Mm. And because what they're saying is really quite significantly harmful, we ought to restrict them from saying it. In
4: practical ways. I don't mean that this is something that will cause someone a lot of anxiety. What I mean is, I'll give you an example. I went to a school called Clifton College and some time ago, I don't remember when, uh, there was a young woman who was murdered near my school. And one of my former tutors at the school was investigated as being one of the suspects. His name is Chris Jeffries. And because it was pre-Christmas and there was no, nothing in the news, every national newspaper ran with the story, made all sorts of unfounded allegations against him. Because he was a bit of he's a bit of a weird character, Mr. Jeffries. Mm-hmm. Um, and his life was ruined for a very, very, very long time because of legal things that they were able to print so if i if i think about if there were no libel laws what the newspapers would have printed the impact i imagine would have been even greater so it's not that it caused him a bit of discomfort it means that his he literally couldn't live in his house for months mm. he had to move house he he, uh, he had to so it, it's a different is that like what elon musk did to the former twitter uh, head of
0: trust and safety Probably, yeah. That's, no, no, that's not, not like it. It's exactly what Elon Musk did to the yep. f- former head of Twitter's Trust and Safety.
4: Consequence. It's not somebody being a bit offended. You are literally ruining someone's life through the outside consequences of what happens well, to them. Not always, right?
1: I mean, I, I, of course, such cases exist. Mm. I mean, arguably, such cases do exist in non libelous examples of people saying things that do bring about serious physical harm. It probably happens far less, but I'm sure it can happen. But there'll also be instances where people are libelous in a way that isn't, isn't seriously detrimental to somebody's physical health, and mm. is really just a reputational thing. It's bad for their reputation. Yeah. Somebody can put out sort of a, an ideological hit piece on someone that doesn't, doesn't mm. threaten their safety. It just makes them look like a bad guy, and right. they could be totally lying. Uh, the, the kind of libel laws that that we accept as restrictions on free speech, most of us do, in, in those cases are not cases in which we can say, well, this is a totally different kettle of fish because this person's life is in danger. It's something more like saying, well, look, I'm sorry. Yeah, you can say what you like. You can't say that thing because that's going to damage this person's reputation unfairly.
4: I don't think you're going to get many libel cases in this country that are based on that. Not a law. I, I do think our libel laws are a little bit over restrictive for my liking in this country. Mm-hmm. But equally, like in the United States, you can just say pretty much whatever you want about pretty much anyone. It sort of feels like that. You yeah, can't you actually. Uh, I don't you know what the do actual law is. But that, when we went over... He's like, I don't uh, know what the law is. There lie. are certain
3: things that you cannot say about someone. Like you can't uh, you can't state that someone was was like convicted of a crime or guilty of a crime if they haven't been convicted. Right, that's why they always uh, you say can't al- state that someone has a disease, an infectious disease, or a contagious disease.
0: Right, and uh, that's why the words allegedly are always used, even if it's you have video of it. Right. Yeah, um,
3: <clears throat> yeah, that's something that people don't understand about like you know the su- the suspect. They call them the suspect, even if like they're showing a video of of someone like shooting someone else. They'll say the suspect. And it's like yeah, because they don't want to get
0: sued. So check this out. I, we, we, we cut him off at a, at a funny time. Check really, this out. Like
4: in the United States, you can just say pretty much whatever you want about pretty much anyone. It sort of feels like that. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't know what the actual law is, but. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just feels baby feels over reals, baby.
3: Why are you? Yeah. Okay. So he just said something completely wrong and then said, well, I don't, I don't actually know it's like okay well we're
0: we never end the <laughs> show he said he didn't know we never end <laughs> the pod on a good laugh and it just so happens to be uh 8 21 p.m pacific time around the time that we end <laughs> the pod so this is as good a time as any i think to end the pod we'll we'll go ahead and watch the rest of this here um i don't think that that so i don't think that this the host here uh, uh i forget his name already uh, something skeptic. Uh,
3: Drew of Cosmic Skeptic. I don't I think, think he's doing a very. I think good... his name's Drew. I don't think he's. Doing... He goes by Cos- Cosmic Skeptic.
0: I don't think he's doing a very good job here. Um, I think he's like when he said, "Oh, they got Kathy Newman." They're referring to that interview where Jordan Peterson was on the Kathy Newman show and basically would never get to the fucking point. And like, I don't think she performed super well, but I don't think she was ready for him. And you got a fifteen-minute spot, and you got to like move the conversation on. And so she's like, what you're saying is, what you're saying is where she should have been like, are you saying, you know, or get to the point, we have a 15-minute spot here, right? (laughs) And But that's rude. The people would have lost their mind no matter, like she was in a no-win situation if Jordy Pete was going to go in there and gish-gallop her. And I'm just like, it seems like this is one of those cases where civility is almost the goal and not a means to an end like civility should only be a means to an end at least in the at least in public conversations i don't yeah of course civility like you should be nice to your friends and people you run into in your daily life but in the public conversation civility should be a means to an end um yeah and Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, when someone else gave me this link, it, they made it seem uh, like he wasn't pushing back at all and he is pushing back some, but it's, it's weak. It's the, it's very weak sauce at best. It's like not even medium salsa.
3: Yeah. I will say he could have done much better.
0: And maybe he'll redeem himself in the second half of this, um, which we're going to watch in the post game. So just real quick, I want to remind everybody there's a new way to uh, subscribe to this channel uh, to give us money. You can do it uh, via Fourth Wall. That'll be at eplex.store, and you'll get all the same benefits our patrons get, plus a discount on all of our merch. Um, HK, do you want to read the show out?
3: Yeah uh this is this has been our wednesday show intellectual dollar tree we do this show live on twitch uh that's twitch.tv slash every wednesday night at 7 p.m pacific time uh you can check out all our other shows at echoplexmedia.com and you can subscribe to us at patreon.com slash echoplex and now at eplex.store Uh, if you're listening live, we'll see you on the other side of the song for red light. And if you're not, uh, you should try it sometime. This is boomers by Periscope.
2: And want to keep the conversation going with the hosts and community when we're not live, then join our Discord server at discord.me/echoplex. We have text channels, voice channels, meme repositories, and a whole section of screenshots that we don't even remember where they came from. Come join the nowspace on Discord at discord.me/echoplex.